From the big screens of the Global Film Festival in India to Kolkata, Mumbai, and London, Rubenda Ravi is the 27-year-old director behind This Too Shall Pass, the 47-minute short story that recently bagged the White Unicorn International Film Festival Award. Hi, I'm Sulin. And I'm Castle. You're listening to The Recess Podcast. Hi, Rubendra. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for taking your time to be here today. Hi, guys. Um, thank you. Thank you so much for this chance, I must admit. <laughs> uh, we are so honored to have you here. Uh, yes, let's talk true. about your film, This Too Shall Pass. is your award-winning masterpiece. For those who have not watched it, can you tell us what is it about? You can include as many or as little spoilers as you like. <laughs> well, um, I think it... The fundamental word behind this whole film is just emotions. Um, mm. I have tried to show everyone's plight and everyone's um, sort of mindset during the pandemic and what happened and whatnot. So mainly it, it goes around emotions. It's a, it's an emotion between a mother and son. It's an emotion between a husband and wife. It's the emotions between human to human. It's just because the pandemic really crumbled almost everyone. It didn't, it did it wasn't nice, was it? I don't think anyone can go out and say, hey, you know what? The pandemic helped me. So like I enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed the pandemic. So I think I think the whole film just revolved around how the pandemic crumbled people. I think that's what it is. I mean, was there an event that inspired the story behind this film? Was it like a friend or a friend or a friend? Or like you said, was it more of a general picture of the pandemic as a whole? Um a bit of both, I must admit. Yeah. Since, uh, I'm not going to disclose who it is, obviously, because you know I don't want to. I don't want to put them in the limelight. But there's a close family member who's um, in a home, in a in a like a elderly home. Yeah. And that person could not meet uh, his or her daughter or son, so it was it was really tough because it's a close family member, and uh, it wasn't it wasn't nice, and. Uh, if you remember, if you recall, on social media, there was a viral video where in the hospital, they were an elderly Malay woman was was dying. Or was it a Malay man? I'm, I'm quite blur on that. And they had to video call their kids and all the kids are crying as they're seeing that. That sort of inspired it. And see, those were the real events. But to make it into a film, the way I did it was, well, they at least got the chance to, to do that. But what if someone doesn't get that chance? What if even that is not given? Because I'm a, I must admit, I'm a sucker for um, tragic endings. I love tragic endings. Any films with a tragic ending, you'll see me there just watching it going, ah, oh, what a film. <laughs> wow, you're a rare species. Yes, <laughs> I, 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 would, not... I expect a happy ending all the time. Ah. Well, I, I've been through way too much uh, personal on a personal level, but... So I, I just love tragic endings. So the moment I, I thought, you know what, let's make this into a film. I thought, let's give it a more tragic ending. Let's make people, you know, let, let's make them feel, let's make them go, oh God. The uh, first person I put it to was my mom and dad. And the moment I, I saw my mom crying, I was like, yep, you know what, I've, I've, I've made something good now. <laughs> Well, it takes a lot of skill to make people cry from a film. And you certainly have not only the skills, but the education as well. You pursued a degree in film studies from the University of Wolverhampton, followed by your master's in uh, in Sheffield Hallam University. And now you're currently 17 days into your PhD. But yet on the other end of the spectrum, we see a lot of YouTubers and content creators today 
way that make like short films or even sometimes small movies without much education in media or production. They, you know, they just jump right into it, get a camera and start doing it. But what do you think is the advantage of having actually studied film? Like what does studying actually provide you a benefit? Well, um, to answer that, I just have to bring you back to when I was 17. Uh, I told my dad after SPM, I said, uh, dad, you know what? I, I, I think I want to go make a film. And he looked at me and went, make a film. Are you, are you sure you know how to do it? I was like, I don't know. Let's just give it a go. So I got my friends at that point. I got um, a few people that I know and just, just made one. And when I look back at it now, I'm, I must admit, I've lost all the footage. I, I don't know where the film is. But when I look back, even at the trailer now, I'm just, I just hide in a closet, close windows and go, I don't want to look at this anymore because it's that bad. It's that trashy. Like, I don't want to associate my name with this. That's how I feel yeah, about I, I, all my I, I old videos. Anything. And the worst part is it's on a YouTube channel with my personal email and I've blocked that email account as well. And I'm like, ah, how do I get this down? <laughs> but um, coming back to your question, Zuba, I think um, by getting the education, because I did film studies first to learn about, you know, how to include things, uh, for example, the mise-en-scene, uh, the themes on how do I, you know, incorporate things without having to force it in. So I've learned that part. And then to learn the, the trade of filmmaking from my master's, I think I, I managed to get the best of both worlds, meaning how to make a film and um, the craft of making a film. So I kind of got both. And my first proper, proper project was This Two Shall Pass. And to be honest, it was just a huge relief when I when it got selected or got when it won something for me personally, because I just thought to myself, I didn't waste my dad's money. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of money, so you received a grant for 15,000 ringgit from the National Film Development Corporation to produce This Too Shall Pass. But it was not completely enough. Like you mentioned, you had to get some money from your dad and your family. What was the most expensive part about producing this movie? The cast and crew, because Ooh. I knew I knew that I needed um, good actors. Because to, to carry the, the main character, uh, Mo, I needed someone who, who was good, who could cry instantly, who didn't need, you know, uh, a lot of work behind the, the scenario, the scene. I, need, I needed someone good. And um, I got someone named uh, Anwar Bagmohal. He's, he's uh, an actor now. He's, he's, on, he's working on a feature now, if I'm not mistaken. And he carried the film. I, I must admit, his performance carried the film. And uh, I had Hasina, who was acting as Lara, uh, Diana, MJ. The, the cast were, were, were probably brilliant. Were, were just, mm, you yeah, know, exactly. Creme de la creme. And um, <laughs> um, the, the crew, I needed a, a decent crew as well. I needed a gaffer for the lighting. I needed um, a, a proper cameraman and things like that. So cast and crew were the most important thing. I was lucky enough because um, I had family members and friends to help me with a few things. For example, the main house that we show where uh, Mo and Lara live in. Instead of renting a place, I got my uh, my close my dad's close friend's uh, wife to rent her old house. Uh, like, and she didn't even charge us for it. She's like, "Yeah, just go ahead, use whatever you want. Just make feel at home." So, I, I was lucky. I was lucky, or else the production value would have gone up. Even more. <laughs> yeah. And and what is the biggest obstacle you faced? I mean, maybe, maybe producing this film or you faced as a Malaysian film director in general? 
Oh, touchy, touchy. Um, <laughs> I, I think it was trying to find um, sponsors, you know, because yeah. when, when pre, when I was making the film, you know, um, pre-shoot, when I was writing it, I, I thought, you know what, let's try to approach some people for sponsors and try to yeah. get like a, like a brand deal included in the film. Albeit, I, I wanted it on a, on a very, you know, very lame way because I just thought let's just bump the production value up. That yeah. basically that was what I was thinking. But as I got more into it, there were more elements included that I thought, you know what, it will be a good thing for, for their product placement to take place and all that. But um, it was difficult. Uh, it really was hard to get uh, sponsors to find people because I mean, if I'm in their position, I admit like, who's this guy? He's just, he's just got the education. He hasn't done anything. Why should I give it to him? I understand all that, but yeah, it's probably um, getting a fair chance is probably the difficult thing. I must admit, like, you know, if anyone who hasn't, hasn't got um, an education, I personally think that I got the grant from Finas because um, I've got an education background in film and they were like, you know what? This guy probably knows what he's doing. Safe bet. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, exactly. It was a safe bet. It was like, you know what? Yes, you will give it to you. Not because, because I didn't have a YouTube channel running with my films on it or nothing like that. I only later on, I just started uploading it. So getting a fair chance in Malaysia is probably difficult. But uh, rather than that, when you get into it, once you get it, um, it's easier to find a cast and crew because there's so many people out there who are just, who just want to be in this field but they're yeah. just waiting for the right chance. So. Yeah, I mean, I have a personal question here. Like you said, I have friends who like um, wants to be film director, has like creative ideas to like um, shoot something. But like you said, sometimes it's just so hard to get like funds and sponsors aside mm. from um, their full-time job and do something they're passionate about and maybe um, make them like the best director in whole Malaysia. So like, how do you maneuver this? Like the first push, like you said, but once you're in, you're good. But the first... How do you break like into it? Like heart hurdle, yeah. It's yeah. Um, that's the thing. You just need. Um, to be honest, I I was in that situation, similar, very similar situation until, you know, this too shall pass happen. Like when I go to someone, I said, yeah, I I want to try to make a film. Especially in in Asia, you get this stigma where if you speak to someone and you say, oh, you want to film, it's either you get people going, oh, that's good, so you get the positive one, or you get the film, so. <laughs> You you need uh people need to understand that every form of job is a job, even whether it's mm. passion or whether it's for the money, it's a job. So the first push needs to come. I mean, for me personally, it needs to come from yourself. You should just shut your ears. There's a famous uh, story from one of my favorite movie stars about a deaf frog. Because um, I'll just quickly say it because I, I love that story. So there are three frogs climbing up a hill. Um, all the other frogs are down saying, uh, there's, look, there's a snake up there. Look, uh, there's, there's, there's an eagle up there. Don't go. Um, two frogs fall off and one frog keeps going up. And then all the other frogs are going, oh God, what's, what's happening? How, how do you get up there? Happens to be that he's deaf. So if you're deaf and you don't listen to all the negative things that's going on, you will eventually reach the top. So yeah. Or die trying. <laughs> or die trying. <laughs> <laughs> Is that you give, or whatever it is, the situation is you give you 100%. So, so on the topic of success, the, your award for the Global Indian Film Festival, what was the selection process like? Did they find you and then that's how you got nominated or did you submit your video? What was, what was that whole thing like? 
Well, I in my contract with Finas, I was asked to um, send the film into uh, film festivals. Yeah. Excuse me. So um, I just thought, you know what? Because I mainly I watch English and Indian films. So I thought, let's just send this to um, an Indian, a couple of Indian film festivals. Let's see how it goes. Because I must admit, I was heavily, when I was writing it, I was heavily influenced by a few Indian films that I watched. And, you know, from how the flow that I wanted the flow to go, I, I had to base it on a few Indian films just for the, you know, the the culture behind it and get, get a bit more flavor to the film, I must admit. Yeah. Um, I... Uh, Sorry, where was I? I just completely <laughs> the selection process. There we go. So, uh, <laughs> um, I was asked to send the um, the film into a festival, and I just sent it in. The first one to reply was um, it was through the portal called Film Freeway. The first one to reply was the White Unicorn Film Festival, and uh, it was interesting because I was on a call with my girlfriend um, right after a shower. I'm this day, and, and I said to her, "Hey, you know what? The the results out." Let me just check while you're on the call. And then when I checked it, it just popped up on the on the website saying, uh, congratulations, your project has been selected as an award winner. I just went, what? What? <laughs> and I, I went absolutely berserk, started running around my room. And she's like, tell me what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then the whole thing happened. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm not very familiar with the whole movie production industry, especially um, in Malaysia, but let alone the world. But it sounds like there are many film festivals throughout the year. Am I correct? Oh God, um, many is an understatement, Sue. Because oh, wow. it, whew, it's so many. It, probably, if I just pop on the website right now mm-hmm. uh, for a due date on the twenty third of November, mm-hmm. that probably will be about twenty to fifty. Wow, Ooh, that's oh. crazy! Talk about so the opportunities to break. Yeah, into yeah, that's the, the thing. So you get, you get, you know, so many festivals and there are festivals that are very specific as well for example um lgbtq pride films there's there's easily about 100 to 200 festivals just on those films Oof. so the the you know the spectrum is wide now people people you know like it i suppose <laughs> and your film this too shall pass is set to stream at the monkey bread 3 film festival which will be in the presence of vip and attendees from netflix amazon and bbc how do you feel about this? Uh, oh. <laughs> uh, nervous, nervous, one hundred percent nervous because um, you know it's big. You get you get people from you know the, the, the top dogs are coming in, so I'm I'm nervous one hundred percent. But um, a moment of pride as well, you know. For when I look back at a seventeen year old me making that film that I was scared to even show yeah. the world, to think <laughs> that you know what something. Something that I've made is um, is being the, the top people are watching it. It's it's a moment of pride, I must admit. Yeah. Will, will you be there for it, like to to see people watch your film? No, no, no I'm, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go because there's just too much of um, studying required at the moment for my PhD. Oh, but wouldn't <laughs> you like to see people cry at your ending that you purposely designed to make people cry at? You know what? In all honesty, <laughs> I I would rather hear the response rather than watch it because. To watch my film in the attendance of other people, I hate it. I, I get a very queasy feel. I go, Ugh, oh, it's like I showing someone that you're working. Like, what do you think? What do you think? That kind of exactly, thing. exactly. And and it makes me go. The more I I rewatch and rewatch, because obviously I've watched the film easily about fifty to seventy times now. Mm-hmm. 
from the editing table and whatever it is. Yeah. When I re- keep rewatching, I'm like, oh God, I should have made that better. Oh God, I should have done this. Oh God, what a horrible scene. And then, mm. but then when someone watches it for the first time and they go like, oh, that was nice. And I thought, oh wow, I could have made it so much better when I think about it now. So uh, I'm, I'm in a way, I would just want to hear what they say rather than, you know, watching them. I just, because if I'm watching <laughs> now, I'll just go. After <laughs> watching them on the TV. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so you did mention that you, uh, that's the main reason you're not going to watch the show. But you, firstly, you actually said that it was because you have too much studying to do. So mm. education is very costly. We all know that tertiary education is a bomb, but not just from a financial perspective, also from a time perspective, you know, you're giving up all your other things to be studying and doing your PhD. And you also mentioned that traditional Eritrean parents, or you hinted to that, they may not be super supportive of, you know, media and film. Yes, it's opening up a little bit more, but mostly we still see this kind of traditional Asian mentality of go be a lawyer, a doctor, accountant. Why are you doing film? You can do that without education. So what do you think of this uh, traditional Asian mentality and them supporting their children pursuing the arts as either an education or even a career? Uh, to be fair, I'm, I'm under the lucky bracket because, um, my dad, from the time that I told him, you know what, that I don't think, uh, the traditional things is going to work with me because I just don't have the brain for it. Um, he was from, from get go, he was like, yeah, you know what? I, I know, you just, <laughs> I know you, there's not someone who can do uh, probably a biology or a physics chemistry. You're just not someone that can do that. But from young, I was, I was quite good in arts. I, I, I represented Penang once for a storytelling competition from young. So um, he, he, I think he knew it from day one, like, okay, this guy, he's just meant for something to do in arts. He's, he's just not good at anything else. And then my mom obviously just supports in whatever I do. Uh, she's just, you know, um, she's the, she's my love guru. Whatever, whenever I need support, whenever I need the comfort, she's just there for me. Um, and then it's just how it is. I think my mom and dad were, were very supportive from get go. And uh, it's, it's kind of sad that so many parents would want to support their kids, but due to societal pressure and societal remarks, they end up not supporting some of their kids. I mean, I know a couple of friends who they would love to get into it. They would love to, you know, go into media and making films or being a YouTube uh, creator and stuff like that. But and their parents would initially say, yeah, okay, go ahead. And then a couple of months later, when I meet them, I bump into them. I'm like, oh, so how's the, how's the thing going? Excuse me. Um, and he would say, nah, man, uh, towards the end, I think my aunt told my mom that I can't make a living out of this. And, you know, you, you, you end up listening to the outside more rather than knowing about your own child. And I think that's where I'm, like I said, I was lucky that my mom and dad just couldn't, couldn't care less about what people think because there are people around us who are, you know, working in the traditional jobs that are already earning and already doing good. But I'm still here just trying to study and trying to, you know, I'm still going to try to make it in life. I still haven't made it nowhere near. Uh, but my mom and dad, I just, they've just shut their ears and go, you know what? He's doing what he wants. One day he will be successful because it's, it's his passion. He will, uh, you know, do well in it. So I'm, I'm just lucky, I must admit. (laughs) (laughs) 
well, what about those who aren't that lucky? I mean, like I, I know that you came from BJ and for those uh mm. High School, and for those who aren't aware, that's like a top school in Penang. So it's not to say that um you weren't smart enough, smart to go into the traditional subjects. But what about those people who are traditionally smart, but you know they get the grades, but they do have a passion for the arts? What do you have to say to those Asian parents about um allowing their children to continue on the arts? They're capable, they can do science or law or whatever it is, but they love the arts. Then what? Yeah, um, you know, a, a big um, inspiration that uh, I, I look at is a UK YouTuber. His name is Vickstar. Uh, I don't know if, if anyone knows about him. He's just a, he, in his IGCSEs, he got 12 A stars. In his uh, A levels, he got one A star and three A's. He's a top, top, top student. But he became a Minecraft YouTuber and he's probably one of the richest uh, YouTubers in the UK now. So uh, people can be good at, at, at two things in one go. He, uh, someone can be good at, uh, you know, the sciences and the accountancies and the laws or whatever. People can be good at that. But if, if you have a passion towards media and you have a passion towards, um, you know, YouTube content creating or whatever, just work on it on a side basis. You never know what might happen. One thing can happen that will just turn your life upside down. One thing, one event will just make you go, you know what? Hey, let me let me hold up on the on the sciences for a bit. Let me just try this. Let me just keep doing this. And then it might work. All parents, traditional parents need to think is, I've done what I can to a certain amount. If he wants, he or she wants to take um, you know, a leap of faith and just try it, just just allow them that one space. Just, just, just give them that, that that half a chance, because half a chance can become one hundred percent. You never know. So, just give them the chance. That's all I'm saying. And finally, for listeners who are interested, uh, where can we catch um, this film? This too shall pass. Oh, um, it's on YouTube now. It's on my YouTube channel. Uh, it's called RGR Films. Uh, my initials RGR Films. Um, the, the 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 logo of the thing is my poodle. There's a it's a, it's a poodle on the side. So we'll leave a link and, in the description. Yeah, yeah. I will. I'll send you and please do. So yeah, that's uh, it's there on YouTube and that's about it. I I don't think it's on anywhere else. <laughs> Rubendra, thank you so much for coming on the show and just sharing your story. I really love that frog story because I think a lot of us we always like, oh, what's he saying about this? What's my parents saying about this? What's my sisters and aunts saying about this? But if you keep like listening and not listening to your own inner voice, you'll never get no anywhere. So thank you for that. This little reminder, I think we all need it and our listeners need it, need it too. We wish you all the best. Have a good time in the UK studying your PhD and we will see you next time. Cheers, Kessel. Thank you. Bye, Sue.